Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 16 of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Presented by Anchor Podcasts, now available on YouTube and every week on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening and leave a review to help others find the show. A quick reminder of where you can find the show on social media, on Twitter, at Tapouts and TDs, Facebook.com, slash Tapouts and Touchdowns, and the email to the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Remember, the YouTube channel does not have a unique URL as of yet, so make sure you're searching for Tapouts and Touchdowns on YouTube. Like and subscribe to help others find the show, and once we get to 100, we will be able to share that unique URL with all of you. Uh, welcome back to the show. Back and better than ever. It's been a few weeks since we have uh, been here. Uh, unfortunately, again, as, as it normally goes, life happens. Uh, but my wrestling show co-host dealt with uh, some, some COVID here. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind that I share that with you all. But he is back. We are back. And we're here to talk some AEW Double or Nothing. So without further ado, PJ Steven. PJ, how you feeling, bud? Oh, I feel a lot better now. Uh, no, I did have COVID this past week for the third time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am vaccinated, and I'm still, I just still caught it. Um, so that was really annoying. I was actually wanting to do more episodes with you, like, while I had this time during my week of COVID because I wasn't working. But, God, I, as I was explaining to you off air, I was so tired. I would sleep, like, 10 or 11 hours, then I'd get up do nothing and then be wanting to go back to sleep by like noon or like one o'clock. It was super terrible, but I'm glad to be back. We have seen some great wrestling, um, you know, leading up to these shows or giving you guys a couple of shows um, just to push it out because we've been so behind, but man, we've seen a lot of great wrestling and we can't wait to share it with you. And we're going to start it off right now with double or nothing, which is super, super fun, great event. And I'm happy to be back. I really am. Yeah, as am I. Um, we got a, we got a fun show. Uh, we're gonna go through the uh, the opening bell. We're gonna go through the card here that was Double or Nothing uh, from 2022. Uh, obviously, we're gonna break down the card as we do always and break it down. And the main event, we've had some uh, some unique happenings in AEW since this pay per view, uh, an injury and a promo that we're gonna actually go through in the main event. So we're gonna go through all of Double or Nothing by the end of break it down and a unique conversation we'll have in the main event of the show. So without further ado, let's get right into the card. AEW Double or Nothing 2022 took place T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada in 2022, the exact date if I can find it. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, May 29th, 2022. A lot of matches on this card. This card went long. I'm talking, I believe the show started around 8 p.m. Eastern time and it went after midnight or was it, did it start at 7, PJ? Do you remember what time the show started? It did start at 8 and yeah, it did go, it did go past uh, midnight because I would, I, you and I were texting each, I mean like spoiler alert, you, I guess not a spoiler, that's a dumb thing to say, but um, you and I were talking to each other during this event 
And I remember going like, you were going, you were like, man, this is going to go long. And I was like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm getting tired. Not because it's a boring event, but because like, we're going fucking long here, boys. And, um, yeah, it was still worth it though. But yes, it did, we did go long there. A very long show. I don't remember a show feeling this long since the days of one day WrestleManias when they would essentially stretch from like four o'clock in the afternoon until 11 o'clock at night. So, um, let's go through the card here. We start off on the pre-show. You know, in fact, I want to I want to comment on that. Did we? I'm sorry, I interrupted you so hard. No, you it's like, okay. You, you were like, you were like, uh. no. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't um, mean to sigh. I just had no, this, I had fine. this breath ready uh, to go, and like and I was ready to talk, and it just let it out. Yeah, I totally um, did not did, mean to sigh. That's hilarious. Did, did we? Did we see the last one day WrestleMania? Was it? Was the last one WrestleMania 35? That's a very high likelihood because it was uh, it was Orlando, New Orleans, New York, and I believe the next year was Tampa, and that was when it the, the pandemic hit, and then they did it Tampa Part Two, um, yeah, so and that maybe, was a two maybe. night. We might we might have seen the last one day WrestleMania um, in WrestleMania's history, and until unless maybe they go back to it uh, at somewhere down the line. But you might be right. I so, never thought about that until you just mentioned it, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe we did see the final one," which yeah, is fun. It very well could have been. Uh, so let me try not to sigh at you <laughs> to get to get this card. Um, the buy-in on the pre-show. We've got Hookhausen, the team of Hook and Danhausen, taking on Tony Nice and Mark Stippling in a tag team match. The show started off um, with with a unique a unique opener. In a sense that uh, MJF was rumored the night before the show to have no showed an interview or a, a, a no showed a, a, an autograph signing. Uh, there were rumors that he had asked for his plane ticket to leave Las Vegas, um, but he would show up here on the show and get in the opening match against Wardlow. A lot of storyline behind that. We'll get into and break it down. Uh, next up on the card, the Hardys taking Matt and Jeff taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, Jade Cargill uh, would de defend the AEW TBS Championship against Anna Jay. Six-man tag match, Death Triangle back with uh, Ray Phoenix back from injury, taking on the House of Black. Uh, we get a men's and women's Owen Hart Foundation tournament final here. Adam Cole taking on Samoa Joe, Ruby Soho against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I mentioned the show went long. There are 13 matches on this card. Uh, after the match uh, for the Women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final, a six-person tag team match where American Top Team, we see the debut of Paige Van Zant along with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, taking on Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Uh, moving right along, Kyle O'Reilly taking on Darby Allen. I believe this is supposed to be a tag team match. But Sting was injured, and so they, they converted this into a singles match to throw it on the card. The AEW Women's World Championship uh, would be defended as Thunder Rosa would defend against Serena Deeb. The Jericho Appreciation Society would take on the Black Blackpool Combat Club. Eddie Kingston and uh, formerly LAX Santana and Ortiz uh, in, the, in a match that they coined Anarchy in the Arena. I can't wait to talk about this match. Uh, uh, the penultimate match on the card, another championship match, a three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Jurassic Express taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, 
as well as uh, Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. And the main event, long time in the making, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship was on the line as Adam Page defended against CM Punk. Uh, I went through the card pretty quick. Uh, before we take our break, PJ, and, and so we can get into this card, Leading up to the show, was there a match in particular outside of, of maybe the, the the obvious CM Punk and Hang- Hangman Page? Was there a match in particular that you were looking forward to watching on this card? Man, there was a lot. Uh, Cole and Samoa Joe comes to mind. Um, the Wardlow and M- MJF payoff. We pay, uh, yeah, payoff that we finally get. MJF payoff. Say that to times fast. Yep. Uh, House of Black and Death Triangle again, but still, I mean, those guys just can cannot put on a bad match. Um, yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot to see here. I was really I was into it. Well, let's take our first break, and we come back. We're gonna break down this card because there is a lot to it. So, folks, stay tuned uh, for break it down. Uh, we'll be right back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, we are back. Welcome to Break It Down, where we are going to break down AEW Double or Nothing 2022. Bully Rye, PJ Steven here with you. Uh, let's get right into it, shall we, PJ? Uh, let's do it. Let's the, knock it out. The buy-in match. Uh, I didn't have much to say about it. Uh, Mark Sterling. Uh, I, I forgot what they called Smart Mark Sterling. I like the little nickname there. Uh, teaming with Tony Nese, taking on Hookhausen. Um, PJ, how'd you feel about this match? <laughs> Man, I love the team of Hook and Dan Housen. It's just so fun. Um, I really think that we're going to get into, you know, Hook finally turning on Dan Housen and, you know, starting to get his stardom. But, man, this is a good opening thing for him to be in. I think it's fun. The match itself was pretty good. I'm a huge Tony Nese mark, so I'd like to see him higher on the card. But still, this was great. I love the match. Not much to say. Um, Not a lot of high-hitting spots. But, damn, a great match. I, I gave this match one star. Um, not that I didn't like it, it just I, I don't know. Uh, if, if nothing else, Danhausen is really entertaining to me. Um, you mentioned uh, Tony Nice. Um, I feel like he looks like a short Chris Masters. Would you would you be willing to agree or disagree there on on Tony Nice and, and the what he looks like? He looks like a a, a, a tall Chris Masters. A short Chris Masters. Short Miss Chris Masters. Yeah, looks like. Uh, definitely doesn't have the wrestling skill of Chris Masters because Tony Nese can work. But yes, I agree with that. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, match is okay. Uh, except for smart Mark Sterling. He's um, didn't know what he was doing here, but that's why they call it the buy-in. Uh, leads us into the main card. I mentioned earlier, uh, rumor has it MJF might no-show this event, uh, but he showed up. Uh, MJF taking on Wardlow. Uh, the storyline, Wardlow was a was an employee of MJF. Finally split aside uh, or split away from MJF. Uh, it sort of had to do his, um, what was it that he did with Jericho where he had to do the, the trials were sort of like what he did with Jericho where he made Chris Jericho fight all these guys so we can get to him. Did the same thing 
Oh, with the Wardlow. labor, the, f- the, the labors five labors. Of, yeah, the five labors. He sort of did a similar situation with with Wardlow. Wardlow would beat. Um, why can't I say his name? Uh, the the freaking ten. Uh, it used to be the perfect ten. Uh, Sean Spears. Oh, Sean, Sean Spears. Thank yeah. you. Beat Sean Spears in a cage match. Uh, to to finally set up this match where he could set himself free if he would take on, uh, or if he could take out MJF. Uh, like I said, pleasantly surprised to see him show up here. Uh, honestly, the match didn't hold up with me, man. I, I felt it was really lackluster. You've got MJF up to the heel tactics the entire match. Wardlow gets a hold of him, does his uh, his power bomb symphony. Uh, you know. It makes sense to how it worked out for Wardlow. It essentially turned out to a squash match made zero sense for MJF unless um, MJF is truly on his way out the door. And uh, and, and we're going to get I, I mentioned we're going to break down a promo in the main event of the show. It is going to be an MJF promo that would take place this the, the three days later on AEW Dynamite after the show. Uh, what a skating promo. And if it's uh, if it is indeed a work, it might be one of the best works. Uh, that I've seen in quite some time. PJ, how'd you feel about MJF Wardlow? I gave it a star and a half, um, but it definitely served its purpose on, on what it was supposed to do for Wardlow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, what you, you just hit the nail on the head. It wasn't supposed to be a 10 star Tokyo dome match. Um, it, it was supposed to be MJF getting the shit beat out of him and what he deserves because it's realistic in the way that MJF, can't hold up against Wardlow. Wardlow is a big dude, and MGF just doesn't have that. I mean, in that character. Obviously, he's a fantastic worker and a great wrestler. Uh, that This being said, the whole thing that we're going to get to talk about about MJF, MJF you know, um, not wanting to do business, you know, wanting more money and things like that, I think it's a huge work. I think it's a great work. Um, but that being said, I mean, I've been wrong before. It doesn't happen often. But I am I have been wrong before, so maybe it is a work. But either way, I love the the power bomb symphony. Um, and yeah, I think Wardlow is part of the future. So yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it, but yes, I agree with you. About a star, star and a half. Yep. Uh, there's not much left to say about it. We'll get more, we'll we'll talk more about MJF here in the main event of the show. Uh, as for uh, double or nothing, let's let's move right along here. The next match on the card, you know. AEW kept billing this as a dream match and match in the making, but this match has taken place a few times before. The Young Bucks taking on the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff. Uh, PJ, I texted you in the, during the show. We already mentioned peek behind the curtain that we were we were speaking during this show about it going along this that and the other. Um, you know, they mentioned that Jeff is extremely beat up after that match that he had with Darby Allen. And in my opinion, he didn't look sober here. Uh, PJ, I'm gonna let you start us off here. How'd you feel uh, about the young bucks versus the Hardys? Um, I, I still, <laughs> I'm still a critic of the young bucks. I don't, I still don't like them really at all, even though they're really talented workers. Uh, the Hardys, man, they look, they, they didn't look great here. Um, then again, like, who am I? You know, I mean, but still, I they did not look great. I disagree with you to say that Jeff looked, um, you know, on anything. But I knew something was up when after the match, uh, Hardy's go over, by the way, uh, you know, totally spoiler alert, 19 minutes and 15 seconds. I think it went a little long here. Yep. But it was still a fun match. But after the match, Jeff gets the win and he just bolts right to the crowd. 
And I'm like, oh, is he fucking out of here? But he just did like a circle around the crowd and then went back. I think it's just from him being in pain and he just needed to just just go do just go walk it off or and just just get a beeline to get the adrenaline going or something. I'm not sure the real reason why I'm spitballing hard here. But uh, I mean, you could tell Jeff and Matt were I mean, Jeff was hurt most definitely. But Matt was just blown up from the from the bell, in my opinion. Still not a bad match. Uh, again, went a little long. Um, but yeah, not bad. Yeah, uh, a few notes here. Um, there was a cute put, cute touch. Young Butts hit uh, Hardy's finisher at one point. Uh, there was a, a spot where some super uh, decent, super fast, super kicks. Say that five times fast. You mentioned talking about saying something fast. Uh, spot of the night nominee, there was a swanton on some, onto some chairs uh, here in this match. Um, again, don't like how they kept calling it a dream match. We've seen it before. Uh, wasn't blown away. Um, considering what, what all the, all four of these guys can do again, Jeff didn't look right. Obviously Matt is getting older. Um, we know what the young bucks can do with the right partners, but I just, people talk about it in our group chats and and in our group that it's, you know, I think the Hardys are holding on a little too long here. Um, and I don't want to say it's time for them to hang up, but it's, if not, it's really close. I gave this match two and a half stars. Like you said, it went a little too long for my liking. Um, well, you know, I want to comment on that because I, I get hot sometimes. And you know where you know what I'm going to hit you with because you saw what I said. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this shit about like, you know, Jeff Hardy needs to hang it up. Jeff Hardy needs to hang it up. Jeff Hardy can't do it anymore. Are the same motherfuckers that are like, well, I'd love to see Undertaker and Sting. Like, f- what are you talking about? No. Yeah. Like, what are you fucking like? What's the fucking difference in that and in, in that respect? Like, it's just so weird. You know, Jeff Hardy should hang it up. Jeff Hardy can't do it anymore. Jeff, they're, they're, you know, Jeff Hardy's on, on drugs again. Jeff Hardy's doing that. It's like, dude, lay off of it. Not only do you sound like a desperate mark, but man, you sound like so fucking judgmental. Like, thank God you don't have any problems that like affect you almost every day in your daily life, dude. Like, man, that drives me crazy. Um, you know, I mean, I can ex- we can express our opinions and say, you know, I think he should do this. I think he should do that. But at the end of the day, and I even said this with Taker, I was a, I mean, I was a, I, Taker's Taker's my favorite wrestler. I mean, like let's get let's throw all the cards on the table. Besides maybe Sting, but Undertaker is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time in every era or every era, any any time. But I was a strong supporter of when he lost to Roman Reigns that I said he should be done. Yep. He, he doesn't look great. He should be done. That being said, these people that just have to hate towards these men and women that are still going, you know, try doing something for, you know, you know, over, you know, several decades of your life and then just stopping no matter how much pain you're in, no matter how much, you know, I, to, to someone who plays in front of an audience, you know, I'm not talking myself up by the way, that sounded stupid, but to people that now you're fine, dude, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I play, I play in front of an audience every weekend, every other weekend. And man, there is a real high to that and adrenaline kicks in and you don't care that your calf muscles are in pain. You don't care that you're, you're extremely exasperated and you're going to pass. Like you don't care that your back's in pain. You're going to keep doing it. So I guess my point is that, yeah, you can disagree and say, maybe he should hang it up. Maybe he shouldn't do it. Well, maybe 
get into their get in their shoes a little bit and understand why they're doing it. Why do you think they're doing it? You know? Yeah. I mean, either it's and maybe it could be just for a paycheck, but I mean that for a paycheck? Come on. You're doing it for the fans, you're doing it for the crowd, you're doing it for a service. And that's how I look at it. So to just real quick, because I know we need, we need to move along because this card this card goes for a while. But what at what point? Because I, I I know you mentioned the Undertaker after Rome after he lost to Rome and it was time for him to hang it up. And he went for what three four more years afterwards. So at what point is it fair for anyone to argue that some of these guys just aren't what they used to be? Um, and, you know, again, I, to you, I, I know your point was that, you know, who are we to tell them to stop doing what they've been doing for, for their essentially their entire lives? But at one point, is it OK for for the average fan to say, you know what, it's 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 done for him? Like he's not the same person or she's not the same person they once were. Disappointed consistency. Consistency okay. and, dis- and disappointment. We'll say that. Go back and watch Goldberg and Undertaker. Oh, no. That was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Go go back and watch Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, yeah. Go back and rewatch. You know, even go back and rewatch Taker and Cena. That was a six-minute match just for Taker and Cena to get on the card. And Taker couldn't go. You know, when Taker, when The Undertaker is doing Goldberg, and I, I know this is a, another example than the match. I'm not bringing that up. What I'm bringing up is when the Undertaker is doing Goldberg-sized matches, i.e. six-minute little matches, doing the same move over and over, you know, that's a sign. Well, we'll see what happens with the Hardys going forward. And And by the the way, Jeff Hardy, as long as Jeff Hardy can do a swanton, I mean... I don't care. I think he. Lo- I think he. I think he still looks great. I could tell that he was beat up, but he looked better than some some wrestlers nowadays. Super healthy. He looked just fine. You know, there are these people that are like, you know, Lita still got it as she almost breaks her neck on a move. Yeah, song. no, that's but, another fair point. But Jeff Hardy does a great swanton and like gets hurt, and they're like, "Well, I should hang it up because he did a flip on somebody." That shit hurts. Well, speaking of uh, women uh, wrestling, uh, you mentioned Lita. Next up on the card, the TBS Championship on the line. Anna Jay taking on Jade Cargill. Um, I'll start us off here on this one. Uh, you know, I gave, again, we talked about there's some fun matches on this card. To me, we've gotten off to a slow start. I gave this match one star. I, I, I wrote my notes that uh, Anna Jay needs work. Um, you got to see, I believe is John Silver, Johnny Hungy, uh, came, makes an appearance in this match. Love seeing Johnny Hungy whenever I can. Uh, but the match itself was, um, awful. Yeah. The match was terrible. Awful. Thank God they kept the title on Jade. Uh, but I did not realize that Malcolm Bivens slash Stokely left NXT. He makes a debut here in this match. This match went seven minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, probably about six minutes, 25 seconds too long. Um, we thought, I thought we were going to get a Chris Statlander heel turn, but we mentioned we got one debut. We get a second debut. PJ, who came out at the end of this match that, that might make you a little more excited than, than, well, than me. Oh, you mean 
who came out during that. Like, it was the one thing that, like, made the match. Like, okay, that was kind of worth it. We get all Ember Moon coming out making her debut as now they're calling her Miss Athena, which is really, really cool. I love that. I think I think Athena – I have to use to call her that. I think Athena is was one of the best workers in NXT. She had a fantastic finishing move. Um, yeah, big fan of her. So that made the match worth it. The match itself, though, was just so bad. They were lost the whole time. They it's it's like man they had no chemistry and it sucks because both of those te- uh, both of those women are very very talented you know me I talk about the AEW women's lo- women's locker room like it's insane and uh, I was disappointed here I wanted a lot more and I'm a big supporter of Jade Cargill and um, yeah she just both of them lost in the sauce. Well, like you said, uh, the match was was a bitter disappointment, um, but we did get. The debut of Athena in AEW, formerly known as Ember Moon. So really good stuff here. Um, moving right along here, because I don't want to spend too much time on that one. We get a six-man tag, a trios match, if you will. The House of Black, the team featuring Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King, taking on Death Triangle, Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, PJ, I'm going to let you start us off here. Tell us uh, your thoughts on this uh trios tag team match here at double or nothing god i love this match man this was great chemistry uh terrific spots between penta and buddy matthews in the beginning of the match penta landing a canadian destroyer on buddy matthews on the apron pack is doing a 450 splash from the top rope um fantastic stuff man uh we're getting um Great finish here with Pac going up to do the Black Arrow or the yeah the Black Arrow lights go off lights go back on Julia Hart is standing at the ring and sprays the mist spits the mist in Pac's face for Black to hit the Black Mass on Pac to win the match. I loved this match. This was this was close to a five star match, man. And you know I didn't know who Julia Hart was at all. I I really forgot. Uh, and then I. And then I remember who, who she was. She was basically on um, AEW. She debuted in 2001, like in May or something. Um, she was actually on Blood and Guts facing Britt Baker. So she hasn't really done a lot. Uh, so I, I'm really, excuse me, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing a little bit more of her and seeing if we can really, because that's what a faction is supposed to do. It's supposed to elevate characters. You know, that's what Judgment Day is doing in WWE right now. And they're doing a fantastic job. I think House of Black could do the same thing, especially with Julia Hart. But you know who she was trained by? Uh, if you say Fabulous Moolah, I'll call you a liar. Who was it? No, 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 no. Everyone that got trained by Fabulous Moolah is probably either dead or they got one foot on the banana peel by now. Of course. Uh, no. Uh, Mr. Got up. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Trained by Mr. Anderson. I was not aware of that. Yeah, she was rolling with the varsity blondes there for a while um, here in AEW. That's, and now she's. Yeah, that's right. You're yeah. right. You're right. And, and now she has, um, she has joined the dark side of uh, the House of Black. Yeah, this match was tied for my second highest rated on the card. Um, loving Pot coming out in the mask, uh, face paint with everybody. Um, high flying, some really powerful spots. Um, every time I see Phoenix do a dive, it makes me nervous because of mm-hmm. what he did to his arm, uh, 
you know, when he, when he went out with his injury. Um, and then there was a spot where Bur- Murphy almost uh, botched catching him. Um, and then Brody King, man, Brody King hits a suicide dive, almost kills himself. Um, I just, I just wish that some of these big guys can stop trying to fly like luchadors, man. Like you're big. I get that you're athletic, but let's not try to make a, a you know, a, a crazy spot every single match. Um, right. You know, you mentioned hey, the lights hey, go, go ahead. Okay. No, you, you go ahead. My, my, my comments kind of irrelevant. You go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know, you mentioned the lights go out. I'm so over lights going out in the middle of a match. Uh, but like you said, we get Julia Hart misting in the face of Pac. House of Black goes over. I gave this match three and a half stars. Um, I did not give a five-star match on this card, to be fair. Um, but this, like I said, the second highest rated card for me on this card. But yeah, uh, to this point, this was the match uh, of the card uh, thus far. Uh, here in this show, um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Julia Hart turned to the dark side. Have you been, have you been watching Obi Wan? I love Obi Wan. I cannot wait until the next episode in like two days. It's so good. Uh, Obi Wan is so fucking good. Anyway, let's move on. I just yeah. when you said dark side. I was like, ah, Obi Wan. It's so good. I wonder if I wonder if he's watching it. Yeah. Uh, quick little plug. Go watch Obi Wan Kenobi if you're a Star Wars fan. What a great Great show. Uh, only three episodes in, but it's 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 fire so far. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's insane. Yep. Next up, we've got the men's and women's uh, Owen Hart tournament finals match. First off, the men's ch- uh, tournament final. Adam Cole taking on the Ring of Honor television champion, Samoa Joe. And we get a Mike Kyoto sighting here. Mike Kyoto officiating this match between Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, um, we have not seen Mike Kyoto referee in WWE in quite some time. Um, I'll, I've only got a few notes here. Match seemed pretty brutal at times. Very good storytelling. Um, I'll be honest, my stream was acting up a little during this match. I already saw, uh, I already sort of predicted uh, the, the winner of this match, uh, specifically uh, based on, on the gear itself. Uh, mm-hmm. But the match was was fun. Adam Cole becomes the Owen Hart tournament champion, um, and and he's in the the Owen Hart or the Hart the Hart Foundation pink gear here. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about this Samoa Joe Adam Cole match? Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. I wanted a little bit more, but it was still a really good match. And I'm, I'm just being picky. Uh, really did enjoy it. We got they got plenty of time here too, going 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Like it really. Um, Really able to tell a great story. Um, surprised Adam Cole went over, but when you mentioned the gear, I was like, oh, yeah, well, of course. Um, no, I really enjoyed it, though. Super fun. Yeah, which leads us to the next match here. I gave this match three stars, I should mention. Uh, so just just less than, than the previous match. Now we get the women's final. Ruby Soho taking out Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, I, I only got a few notes here, so I'll start us off here with this one as well. Um, a pretty good match. Baker clearly top three in women's in the women's roster on AEW. Uh, once again, I sort of predicted the winner based on the gear itself. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, I don't, I don't think she's married to Adam Cole, but they are together. She obviously wearing the Heart Foundation uh, pink themed gear. Um, I did love the way that the match ended. There was a victory roll that was reversed that let Britt Baker go over here. Um, after the match, you'd see the presentation of the 
Owen Hart's tournament championship belts, I guess. Um, and they were both, they were both so classy and so nice. Um, and I love uh, Shivani is it goes to give Baker a hug after the match. And you see Adam Cole coming out, giving him like the stink guy. Like, don't you be hugging my woman. I yeah, love, stuff. I, I love this little Tony Shivani, Adam Cole rivalry over Britt Baker. Uh, we get an appearance from Martha Hart, the widow of Owen Hart to present the championships uh, or the, the tournament championships uh, to both Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about the match? How'd you feel about the, uh, the, the championship presentation after the, uh, both of the matches were over with, man, I can't believe you didn't even mention the greatest part of the match. We get a live performance from one of the greatest punk bands in the world, Rancid, which I could not believe. And like, because, because Britt Baker's entrance was really cringy. Not that, not that Ward is a, I think his name is Rich Ward. That's the uh, guitarist for Fozzie. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's his name. But anyway, not that he's a bad <laughs> guitarist, like by any means, he's fantastic. Um, but uh, man, <laughs> when they're like, or um, uh, Justin Roberts is like, now, please welcome Rancid. I marked so hard man if you don't know rancid look up rancid they uh recorded the um the song ruby soho which is obviously ruby soho's stage name is where it's from or her ring name rather where it's from that record came out in like 95 i think i think it's called um an, an out and outcome the wolves uh that's pretty much their first like big record and man they looked great and they sounded great and it was super super fun and when you talk about you knew who was going to win based on the attire I thought the same thing until Rancid played. And I was like, oh, dude, no way fucking Ruby's losing this. But then it makes sense, obviously. Um, but yeah, I love seeing Rancid play. I could talk about that all day. So go look up Rancid. But no, I think the match was really good. It was better than the women's match we saw earlier. To me, it was the best women's match on the card. Well, no, no, never mind. The Thunder Rose match was really good. But this match was incredible. Really enjoyed it. Uh, surprised Ruby didn't go over, but I get why. And um yeah, super fun. I enjoyed it. And I love the ceremony. Um, I don't know why, and maybe it's just because wrestling fans are almost as toxic as, well, any other fans of anything, I guess. Because um, I wanted to say Star Wars fans, but no, heavy metal nice. fans, yep. music fans. I mean, God, Star Wars fans. You know, you talk about Obi-Wan. Holy shit, the toxicity is oh, fucking Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people are really there's some people that are just not happy with with this going on and i don't understand why you know again this is martha's choice no one made her do uh, you know have her husband her late husband represented on a wrestling show she they for what i understand they approached her and she uh, she allowed it and then the people who are just like well i guess she just needs some money like, fuck you. Like, what are you talking about? So not, not only did she get like a crazy payday from WWE, but that is beside the point. Why? Maybe she just wants her husband represented on fucking wrestling. Finally. I so don't know. The, like, so cares? if you watch the dark side of the ring episode about Owen Hart, uh, Owen's family made it very clear that they would never let WWE use Owen for anything. If you looked at any of those um, right. match vignettes of Owen Hart, most of them are from New Japan. Right. Um, so 
fans have been asking the hearts for years to allow some sort of tribute to Owen happen. And with the fact that Owen or the fact that they would never let WWE do it, um, you know, obviously it kind of spurned from dark side of the ring. The AEW said, well, would you allow us to do something? And then you see guys like Mark Henry jump ship and Mark Henry has always been an advocate for, for Owen Hart and, and, and Owen Hart's memory in the wrestling business in his hall of fame speech. Uh, Mark Henry, uh, famously said, this isn't W this isn't the company talking. This is me talking. Owen deserves to be here. So I guess in a way, even though Martha, you know, again, if you watch dark side of the ring, she said that Owen was, was, he was a family man. He cared more about his family than he did the business, but it's also been understood that like the fans, not that they deserve anything from the Hart family, but the fans have always loved Owen. Uh, Owen Hart is probably, uh, I would argue, next to maybe Bruiser Brody, the biggest, and I would even say even more so because it happened in the ring. Uh, Owen Hart is probably the biggest tragedy in professional wrestling history. And so when you have a, a large group of, of fans, a large group of the population who want to honor someone who meant so much to them, even more so posthumously, um, you know, it makes sense that that the hearts, specifically Martha Hart, would allow it in, in this sort of avenue um, outside of WWE. And so, like, to your point, a lot of people are like, why is AEW doing this? You never wrestled for AEW. Like, no. But obviously, like, unless you go to Japan, nobody's going to be able to, to legally use Owen's likeness, use Owen's history. Um, to, to give him a proper tribute. And I think I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to do this every year. It sounds like they're going to do this every year. Um, and this is uh, this was a phenomenal tribute to the in-ring work of Owen Hart. Um, yeah, so yeah I, I really, really enjoyed it, man. I don't I, I just don't get shitting on Martha Hart. So like, I, I, uh, yeah. don't, I, I don't understand like how like how is it not her choice? I I used so I used to be in the uh, in in the in the camp to to shit on Owen on on Owen Hart on on Martha Hart because she was so adamant about being against him getting a wrestling tribute and obviously this is before AEW um, you know even even the formation of TNA wasn't that long after Owen died Owen died in 1999 TNA was formed around 2003, 2004. I think it was, 2000, I think it was 2002. So, so yeah. yeah, so it was only really three years post Owen's death. So it wasn't something she cared about. She was still probably in the middle of legal battles. I mean, I, I'm not going to do the research and, and, and find out the, the timeline behind it all, but she was probably still fighting WWE on the wrongful death suit and wanted nothing to do with the wrestling business. So fast forward over 20 years, now she's she's had some time to heal. Like, you know, it's one of those things that when you lose someone, you truly never recover. But time makes it easier to manage. And I think at this point in time, Martha was ready for the fans to be able to celebrate Owen in the ring in a way that that was honorable to him without necessarily giving the, the right for WWE to do so. They never, right. they, they've gone on record. They do not want WWE to make any money off of 
Owen Hart in any way, shape, or form. Now, we don't know if, if again, you never, it's in the wrestling business, they always say never say never. You never know if we're going to get, like, the McMahons, WWE, come, come from Martha Hart and say, listen, we want to put Owen Hart in our, in our Hall of Fame. Um, you know, you've already won your lawsuit, this, that, and the other. Every dollar that we make using Owen's likeness will go to your to your uh, foundation, the Owen Hart Foundation. You never know if that sort of deal could be made and uh, and you don't see Owen Hart in the WWE Hall of Fame. But but I digress um, to, for the sake of moving along here. Some really good matches here in the Owen Hart Tournament Finals. Uh, some some really good uh, post-match uh, title championship presentation uh, for these tournament tournament champions and um, some really good stuff here. A uh, great tribute to Owen Hart, for the, something that we've been clamoring for for over 20 years. Uh, so moving right along here, hard to transition, uh, but the next match is, is the debut of former MMA star Paige Van Zant as Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zant take on the team of Frankie Kazarian, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Now, now, PJ, forgive me. Maybe I haven't been watching this closely. How did Frankie Kazarian wind up in this match against Scorpio Sky other than the fact that he was supposed to, uh, I guess, challenge for the, the TNT championship against his former uh, inaugural AEW tag team championship partner uh, with. So... I remember that he was like calling himself the elite hunter. Yep. I remember that. That was in, or no, that was in, that was last year. So he, I remember he gauged, he, he was in a few with Scorpio sky over the TNT championship. Um, and then I think it was like sometime in may or no, maybe I can't remember how he just got thrown in there. Honestly, I think it just from his hatred of Scorpio sky, I guess. Yeah, it was it was wild because it was like it was a matter of respect and he was going to give if if Scorpio Sky won the TNT title, he was going to give Kazarian a shot. And then all of a sudden, I guess I didn't watch for a couple weeks. And then I see him in this uh, six person tag team match. Uh, PJ, I gave this match three stars. Um, a lot of uh, Gaga, as you would like to put it, um, with uh, with Sammy and Ty Conti sort of doing their thing. How'd you feel about this match uh, here? Uh, American top team taking on Kazarian, Guevara, and Conti. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I did not like this match. There was so much Gaga, and it really didn't need to be Gaga because you have so much talent in the ring. And um, yeah, I, I didn't like it at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, you get Conti and Guevara coming out uh, looking like uh, Maleficent. If you're a Disney fan, um, the the I guess she was a protagonist in two movies played by Angelina Jolie, but she was originally the antagonist in Sleeping Beauty. Uh, both Ty Conti and Sammy Kavara came dressed out, came came looking like her. Um, I, I guess I missed two where uh, they they stole a bunch of MMA and UFC titles from American Top Team. Um, I did mention Van Zant looks really good for this being her first match. Um, and then right on cue, there was an ugly spot as soon as I wrote that down. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I know what spot you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, Shivani uh, was a little early calling. Kaz is just leaving. Kazarian's just walking out, and then Kazarian walks out. Like it was really weird. Um, you know, hate that he ate the pin because Kazarian is honest. Is honestly, to me, one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. He's so good. He's been very good for a very long time. Former X Division star in TNA. Um, you know, he, he teamed with, with not only Scorpio sky, but with Christopher Daniels, uh, for quite some time. So, uh, a really underrated star here, like you said, too much Gaga. I gave the actual match three stars because there was a lot of good stuff here. Um, but like you said, too much, uh, too much Gaga for my liking, uh, PJ next up on the card. Uh, we're moving right along here. Hopefully, uh, Darby Allen taking on Kyle O'Reilly. Um, you know how I feel about Darby Allen. Um, PJ, start us off here. What do you think about this match? I gave this match two stars. Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly at double or nothing. Yeah, um, it was okay. It felt like it was just kind of thrown together, these two. They, they didn't have a whole lot of chemistry. Uh, it felt like it was just thrown together last minute. Um, I hated the finish. Um, yeah, not not a proud not a proud moment for O'Reilly or Allen in this. Uh, I thought they both I thought they both kind of dropped the ball. Uh, again, not a great match. Uh, I would I would give it about two stars as well. And usually I'm a big fan of both of these guys, and I expected a lot more, and I just didn't get it. May, again, maybe I'm being uh, too uh, picky again and expecting more. But yeah, I, I did not enjoy it. Yeah, uh, a couple notes. O'Reilly connected hard with the knee to the face. Allen starts bleeding from the mouth. Honestly, I was shocked Allen didn't get knocked out. Um, suicide dive almost gave himself a, a broken neck, uh, a la Big E. Uh, Darby Allen just, I don't know what he what he's doing here. Um, crazy for all the wrong reasons. Uh, like you said, something for not neither one of them to be proud of. Just too fast, and they're just beating the shit out of each other in this match. I was more worried someone was going to die, so where I really couldn't enjoy the match. Uh, But to uh, my chagrin, uh, the right guy won here. Kyle O'Reilly beats Darby Allen because Darby Allen's not believable to beat a guy like Kyle O'Reilly. Next up on the card, before you oh, get you, the interject, <laughs> I, I mean, like, no, I, I will, I will agree that the. Um... I agree that the right guy – I will agree that the right guy won, not because of that, but because it just makes more sense right now for our rally to go over on, on Darby Allen based – and, you know, based on um, based on that match alone. I mean, it, it's just – it. I just really wanted more. I wanted a better match, and it, it just sucks. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Again, I'm not surprised by Darby – well, not, so, not surprised because Darby Allen can work. Um, and keep that recording. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly can, um, you know, he's a little, he's a little more believable to be an opponent that Darby Allen can might be able to get an upset over. But again, O'Reilly won. Um, and, and thus, uh, thus ends the match. Um, so next up on the card, you mentioned, this is your favorite women's match on the card. The AEW Women's World Championship is on the line. The champion, Thunder Rosa, defending against Serena Deeb. I don't have a whole lot of notes. I gave this match three and a half stars. This was as well uh, rated the second highest, tied for the second highest on the card for me. Um, One thing, I did not realize Serena Deeb 
was the uh, was the the woman in the straight edge society in WWE that had her head shaved uh, until she cut that promo on uh, Dustin Rhodes a few weeks ago. So that was interesting, sort of going oh, back and watching that yeah. career, uh, that career trajectory um, after that promo. Um, outside of a few bad spots, the match was really, really decent. Um, a really, really good finish. A better match than I was expecting here. I don't know why. Um, PJ, how would you feel? Thunder Rosa taking on Serena Deeb. I really enjoyed this match. I think Thunder Rosa is a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. Um, to me, she hasn't put on a bad match. Uh, loved her in GCW. Um, yeah, just a big fan. I think, um, you know, Serena Deeb is going to have her time because I think she's a really great worker as well. Uh, again, I'm really behind this AEW women's division, and I think they're going to do great things. They've already done great things. They're just going to move on and do even better things. But, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I, I think I gave this match like four stars. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, just, again. Just just treme- tremendous storytelling, too, man, like looking at it. Great stuff. Yeah. So, so far on the card, we've got the uh, the House of Black taking on um, Death Triangle is a match that you can't that you shouldn't fast forward through. And now the AEW Women's World Championship is another match that you should not uh, be fast forwarding through. Uh, I don't know if you can fast forward through this next match. Uh, the anarchy in the arena, ma- the in the arena match. Let me, let me say that again. The anarchy in the arena match. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society, a team featuring Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Angelo Parker, and Matt, is it Minard? Minard? I'm assuming it's Minard. Um, taking on the team of the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, along with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, the match starts. Justin Roberts is, uh, is, is ready to, to call the intro to the match. And Justin Roberts screams, shit is about to hit the fan. Um, <laughs> I, I think I texted you in the middle of this match or in the beginning of this match. Um, I got a real big uh, village people in the Navy vibe from the Jericho Appreciation Society as they came yes. in and looked like Navy suits. Um, I also wrote in my notes uh, sort of a Deadpool joke. They're wearing all white. Uh, this is Anarchy in the Arena. Anarchy in the arena. Anarchy in the arena. Wear red so your enemies can't see you bleed. Like that's <laughs> everybody knows that. Um, they played Wild Thing, the new theme for uh, John Moxley for probably the first half of this match. This match would go 22 minutes, 45 seconds. It was the second longest match on the card, and for probably the first half of it, they played. Uh, they played that that theme song over and over again as they beat the hell out of each other around the arena. Eventually, Jericho got a hold of the soundboard and cut it off. So that was a little fun heel move. Um, a total shit show. PJ, how'd you feel about the Anarchy in the Arena match? I can't say it. See how hard it is? Anarchy in the Arena match. How'd you feel about this? Uh, Jericho Anar- Appreciation the- Society versus everybody else. The Anarchy in the... The Anarchy in the Arena match. I really enjoyed it. Um, fun stuff. <laughs> it just reminded me of like old territory days, five on five, just beat them up and make them run. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really loved Wild Thing playing for five minutes. I don't care. I love that song. One day I want to cover that song. Uh, we get a lot. I mean, you know, we can't really go through this entire no. uh, 
uh, this entire thing. Danielson ends up passing out um, from the walls of Jericho. And, you know, Hager's choking him with a cable. Brian Danielson passes out. And Jericho, our appreci- Jericho Appreciation Society wins the match by technical submission. Um, but, yeah, I still loved it. Great match. I mean, it, it wasn't supposed to tell a great story. It's supposed to be two, you know, two teams just whipping the fuck out of each other. Um, you know, we're, tr- we're almost got a fire spot with Eddie Kingston just trying to burn Jericho alive. You know, I, I really enjoy Eddie Kingston's work, man. Um you know, a lot of people can shit on him as well, man. I, I think he's a, you know, I think he's a great promo, great worker. And, you know, he's not out there at the most athletic guy, but he reminds me of like just an edgier, like Mick Foley almost. Just cutting real promos and going out as putting his body on the line and not looking like, you know, the top, the top 10 best bodies in the world. He doesn't need it. I think Eddie Kingston's great. Yeah, um, you know, I did write a couple of uh, I did write a couple of notes about this match that I thought was worth noting. Um, this whole thing, Eddie had been talking about getting his hands on Jericho for a while. They did not pair them up. Um, it didn't make sense. That didn't make sense to me from a storytelling standpoint. Um, uh, there was a double team blockbuster over the top rope through the tables by LAX to Jake Hager. A fun pile driver, Daniel Garcia, onto the side of the uh, the stairs from the apron. Um, oh, th- that's another one, man. Daniel Garcia, he is your current PWG champion right now. Don't you fucking sigh at me, Ryan. I, I, I'm I telling you, I swear to God, I'm not sighing. It's I, I think my mic is just too close to my mouth, so every time I breathe out, I, I sigh because I'm fat and I've got a heavy a heavy breath out, so to speak. So I you sincerely know, I, apologize. I've, I've never I've never felt fatter than when today I turned on my camera just to show you that figure that I got uh, yeah. like my fucking like double chin looking down at the, I was like, Oh, I gotta get, I gotta get rid of that. But, um, but no, but no, anyway, um, <laughs> Daniel Garcia, again, he's your current PWG champion. God, he is, he's part of the future too. Big fan of him. Tremendous athlete. And I am behind Daniel Garcia. I hope that he gets pushed up uh, to the top of the roster in the next year and a half. Love Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Uh, the only other spot, uh, the only other notes I mentioned, Ambrose showing real swelling on his eye and Jericho tried to put the walls, uh, the walls of Jericho on top of a table and the table gave. So I thought that was a funny little spot. Oh, um, yeah. We get a promo from Andrade El Idolo. Uh, and we get uh, a new business partner here for, for Andrade, the Andrade family uh, business. What, what do they call it? The Andrade family it doesn't matter. They get the debut of a guy they're calling El Toro Blanco. Um, uh, PJ, any information on El Toro Blanco here? Because until I, I honestly saw the show, I had no idea who he was. You don't know who Roosh is? Yeah, no, I I see. I know he's from, um, based on the little bit of research I did, I knew he was in the Ingobernables faction from New Japan. Uh, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really proud of you that you got that right. Yep. So other than that, uh, I didn't know much about him, uh, but we get his debut. So now we've seen three debuts here on double or nothing. Uh, well, you you've seen, you've seen Roosh live, not very long, but he was at G one Supercard. He defeated Dalton castle in like a second. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I guess it's, 
just me not paying a lot of attention. So uh, my apologies to Roosh uh, slash El Toro Blanco here because he is all elite after double or nothing. Uh, PJ, we have gotten to the penultimate match on the AEW Double or Nothing card. The tag team championships are on the line as Team Taz, Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks take on Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee and the champions Jurassic Express, the team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh PJ, how'd you feel about this AEW Tag Team Championship match here? This, believe it or not, is my highest rated match on the card. This is a five-star match. I mean, bar none. This was five-star match. All six competitors in this ring. Man, I'm a big powerhouse Hobbs fan too, man. I, that, that guy's insane. Um, and Ricky Starks as well. I'm a big Luchasaurus nerd. You know, I, I, I'm the guy sitting on the couch doing the ho, whoa, 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 yep. whoa. I mean, it's so fun. Uh, and what can I say about Keith Lee and Sir, uh, Swerve Strickland? Fantastic guys, uh, great workers. And this is going to be a fun tag team. Man, you know, boy, Jungle Boy is doing a suicide dive on Strickland. Lee catches him, power bombs him on the back of Luchasaurus uh, as he was going for a double choke slam. Uh, or excuse me, when, well, he hit him on the back of Luchasaurus. But my other note was when Luchasaurus was going for a double choke slam, <laughs> Lee and Hobbs both grab him and slam him instead. Just great things there. I love, love, love the chemistry between all three of these teams as well uh, on a personal level. Love that. Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus doing the, um, what's he call it? The thor- thoracic, thoracic, thoracic. Thoracic Jurassic? Express? No, it's not Jurassic. It's, it's no, the Thoracic. Team. Like Thoracic. Thora- okay, yeah, yeah. I don't that's know. Right. Okay. So he goes to Thoracic Express on Strickland. And that's how you get your champions retaining their belts, Jurassic Express. I, lo- I-, I love this match. Yeah, definitely five stars for me. Did you do I- four and a half? I gave it four stars. The only reason, because there was a spot where Ricky Stark took a nasty fall. Um, it, it looked a little, looked a little sloppy at times because of how many risks they were taking. Uh, it was a little, it was fast paced sometimes to a fault. Um, I did write, uh, I know you said you're a, you're a Lucha, uh, a, a Luchasaurus nerd. I am a, uh, a jungle boy nerd. I don't know if he'll ever be world champion, but this guy's a star. Oh, I know yeah. he, he is going to be a world champion. There's no way he can't be. He is so good. Uh, so yeah, I gave this match four stars, but the match on the card, if there is a match you don't want to miss on this card, it is this one. Hey, do you, do you love, by the way, I don't know why this just came to mind, but I love when JR calls jungle boy, jungle boy, Jack Perry. It's so fun to me. I don't know why it is, but when he's like jungle boy, Jack Perry, I'm like, oh man, he still thinks that's what it is. I love it. He's yeah. It's great. And honestly, I never put two and two together until a few months ago when I finally realized that that is the son of the former uh, or the late Luke Perry. Luke Uh, Perry, yeah. Yeah. uh, I hate that Luke Perry is not around to see his son become the star that he is on a national national scale, because I know Luke Perry would probably be sitting front row at every single show watching his son wrestle. So uh, cool stuff there. PJ, we have reached the main event of AEW All uh, All Elite Wrestling. Let me start over. PJ, Steven, we have reached the main event of Double or Nothing 2022. 
The AEW World Championship is on the line as Hangman Adam Page defends against challenger CM Punk. Uh, PJ, I gave this match three stars, but I feel like I've talked enough on the show. Uh, give me your thoughts on the World Championship match here at Double or Nothing between CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I may have to go back and rewatch this match, if I'm being honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I did not like this match. It was okay, but man, I was kind of bored. But I, again, I was really, it could have been, I was just super fucking tired. Um, but I just wasn't into this match. I think that, I think CM Punk's run here has just been lackluster at best. Yeah. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the match here for a minute. I mean, you know, Punk lands a roundhouse kick on Adam Page. Um, he gets to go to sleep on Punk for a near fall, which is crazy. The crowd went nuts for that. They they came unglued for that, which is fun. Uh, Page went for a, uh, a buckshot lariat on Punk, but caught him and hoisted up Page with a GTS. Um, but Page's boots fucked up the referee. We get a ref bump there. Um, Page picked up the world belt and tried to strike Punk with it. Uh, he looks conflicted, and he tosses the belt in the corner. I hate those moments. Yeah, where, like the fucking baby face or whoever it may be has the chair, has the belt. And the water, should I do it? You dumb fuck. Hit him with the belt. Yeah. Instead of tossing it down. So I don't know. Um, I also think, see, I also think the wrong guy won. We get CM Punk going over uh, on Adam page to win the AEW world champion. This is Punk's first world championship, world championship since what? 2011, 2012. Um, I don't think page's time was up. And I guess, I, you know, his time's not up. He could get the belt back. I'm just saying the wrong – I think the wrong guy won. I, I think we could have had a longer run with Paige. You know, he was – Paige was still a draw. Uh, I know Paige – I know Punk's your bigger draw, you know, so I guess you got to put the belt on him if he's a bigger draw. But, you know – no, never mind. No, you don't. I, I totally disagree with what the fuck I just said. Punk should not have gotten that belt. And um, we're going to – really talk about why punk shouldn't have got the belt for what happened the week after. Yeah. We're going to talk more about CM Punk in the main event, but I agree. I mean, I don't, did you like this match? No, I agree with you about this match. Um, I'll go through my notes here. Another over the top spot where someone almost died. Punk didn't catch hangman and they both hit hard. Uh, hangman has to waste some time because you can take, you can tell CM Punk is hurting another seemingly sloppy match. Both are selling uh, worked injuries. Uh, Punk tried for the buckshot lariat twice and slipped both times. Um, so, like, you could tell he was just gassed and he couldn't get through uh, these spots. Um, Hangman hits a last ride powerbomb. We mentioned the last ride uh, powerbomb a few shows ago. And we get a last ride powerbomb by Hangman that almost leaves CM Punk naked in the ring. Uh, the ref even had to adjust um cm punk's tights here um yeah. you honestly didn't know which one of these guys were heel um again you mentioned that the ref spot where the ref took a bump uh you saw it coming and i'm with you i hate this the spot where you're, you're conflicted should i should i do this to keep the title or should i should i be honorable no dude just if you're going to be honorable stop you know just stop the storytelling just throw the belt down you're not going to hit him but you know he waits too long gets hit with the, the finisher a uh, lame finish. Um, yeah, and, and up and up until then, it wasn't a bad story told match. Just no. the action in it was sloppy, and it, it was just not good. Um, 
Yeah. Not let, uh, let me ask you a question. You gave this you gave this match three stars. You don't think yep. it was worth you don't think it was worth four point five stars? Not not at all. Come on now. Come well, on. That's now. what that, that that's what old Meltzer gave it. So that's why I was uh, like Meltzer is his own biggest mark. Like Meltzer marks for himself. Like let's there's there there's no way that this was four point five, right? Not a not a not a chance. Not a chance. I haven't even looked and, at and, Meltzer's and, rankings, but I'd love to know. And, and please, guys, like if we're being overcritical, let us know. But like maybe we're just being picky. But boy, howdy, I was not into this match, like even a little bit. No, this match was uh, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen, but it was the main event of one of the big four pay-per-views that AEW puts on every year. It's for the world title. This match should have outperformed the match prior. And now, granted, the tag team title match put a, put it up on a much higher bar for the AEW World Championship. I think maybe the tag team championship match should have opened the show, uh, but but nevertheless, um, yeah, this match was was not was not great considering it was a world title match uh, for Double or Nothing. Uh, PJ, before we take our last break and get into our main event, what are your final thoughts? On Double or Nothing, we should mention the main event was the longest match on the card, 25 minutes, 40 seconds, while the tag team match went only 17 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, so just throwing it out there, maybe they could have uh, kept some time, uh, more time for the tag team title match, or I don't know, shorten the card from 13 matches. Uh, because this, this again, you mentioned we were getting tired, but it wasn't for terrible, boring wrestling uh, it was because this card was 13 matches and like six hours long. So PJ for the main event, before we take our last break, what are your final thoughts on AEW double or nothing 2022? Um, great pay-per-view. I think they did bite off a little bit more where they can chew doing all those matches at once. Um, I know, you know, I know it's hard to pick what goes on the pay-per-view. Like I, I I'm with you, um, but still it needs to be shortened still. Great pay-per-view. I still enjoyed the the matches. I enjoyed the storytelling. And, um, you know, it, it did a good job of carrying us over for the next event. So, I mean, it did its job. That I'll say. It definitely did its job. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to follow up AEW Double or Nothing with the AEW Dynamite and Rampage from the week prior. Some pretty heavy news. And a pretty heavy promo was cut that we think uh, deserved its own segment. Uh, and that segment is the main event of this week's Tap House or Touchdowns. So stay tuned. We will be right back with the main event of Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the main event of this week's show. Your guy, Bully Rye, PJ, Steven, uh, here with you. AEW Double or Nothing had some storyline fallout. Uh, one of the biggest ones we mentioned uh, we were going to talk about in the main event had to do with uh, MJF, PJ. Uh, I know you texted me about this promo. I hadn't gotten to see it in its entirety by the time that you texted me. So, PJ, why don't you tell us about this promo 
that MJF cut. I guess we should remind everybody, even though we just talked about it on the show, uh, MJF uh, was rumored to have no showed an autograph signing. He, there was rumors that he may not make it to double or nothing. Um, there has been uh, rumored turmoil uh, in his contract negotiation, uh, rumors that he was not going to return to AEW when his contract runs up in a couple months. So, PJ, how do you feel? Give us give us your uh, synopsis of this promo MJF cut on AEW Dynamite uh, the week after, or I guess this should say a few nights after AEW or nothing. Yeah, I always want to say the uh, <laughs> the night after, you know. Um, wow, is all I'm going to say. Uh, it's a cr- uh, well, not all I'm going to say is, you know me, I talk too much. Um, this was an incredible promo. <laughs> I mean, he delivered a promo that'll be talked about for months or years to come. It included shots at fans. It included shots at AEW. And it included shots at WWE. It channeled elements of, like, Ric Flair and CM Punk all rolled into one, man. It, it, it was it was insane. Um, God. So, so, speaking of embarrassing, you've been trying to sit down with me for quite some time now, haven't you? Well, guess what? too little too late when this company first started it was all friends wrestling everybody was handed a ticket except for me see i had to write my own and boy do i have good penmanship because i created moment after moment after moment for this company and still got no respect whoa it's funny i hear booze and i also hear clapping that's interesting where were you guys this whole weekend when you were calling me an unprofessional piece of shit i'm just curious you're not the only problem. No, it's the boys in the back, too, because all the boys in the back want my spot. Well, guess what? You want my spot? You can have it because I don't want to be here anymore. Wow. Wow, just powerful words, man. Uh, God, you, yeah. You sit, you sit there on your phones tweeting out your opinions like they're worth a damn. We know a few people like that. Two of them are called Ryan and PJ. Yep. You, you don't know shit. Your opinions suck. Your opinions change at the drop of a dime. And then you pretend your new opinions are the same as your old. Holy shit. Do you guys know the second biggest minute-for-minute draw in this entire company? It's me. If you don't believe me, do me a favor. Ask Stat Boy Tony in the back and see what he's got to say. Make sure he hoard. Here's the line that made Oh, my God. Here we go. And you know what I'm going to hit you with? Yep. Make sure he hoards all that money. So he can give it to all the new ex WWE guys he keeps bringing in. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, God, it. cut deep in this promo, man. It was so good. Ryan, it really was. And, you know, it's obviously uh, to me well not obviously you can't i mean this is wrestling nothing is for real but like i i still i think it's a work man and if it's a work it's damn good i'm 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 love i'm loving the work <laughs> oh it's the best we're going to so on next week's show we're going to we're going to discuss uh WWE Hell in a Cell from 2022 and there was there was a at least my thought process on on a on a p- potential work in that show that wound up not being a work at all. Um, but I, I, at the time when I didn't know if this was a work or a, a, a shoot, the, the WWE angle, I legitimately said, if this is a work, it might be the best work in wrestling history. But if this promo cut by MJF on dynamite 
it winds up being a work, this could be the best promo, the best work in pro wrestling in, in probably the last 30 years. I mean, this is on par with CM Punk's uh, pipe bomb. I mean, he ended the promo with Tony, you fucking Mark fire me. Yep. Uh, there was a guy that I, again, I don't know again, if this is all the work, it's a great, great storytelling by MJF. There was a, the guy that was outside the ring, counting him down. And he said, don't you count me down? You piece of shit. Uh, you know, Tony, you fucking Mark, fire me, fire me, fire me as his mic was cut off. And the, the, the commercial, uh, would come on if you're watching at home, they would not talk about it the rest of the night. And as of, I believe yesterday, MJF has been removed from the roster page of AEW. Yeah. I, you know, I. I can see it happening. I, I really can. It's it's a good work. It's and it makes sense. You know, I mean, I, I'm loving it. It's. I mean, it's some of the best drama that we have seen in pro wrestling in in years. I mean, it's. You know, a lot of the stuff that he said about how I'm the draw. I'm better on this mic than anybody else. Like he's he's right. MJF, we've been saying for, for months, if not years, he might be the best heel in the business. He is the best on the microphone in the world right now. Um, I mean, he's just that good. Uh, so what an incredible promo. As I stated, he's not on the, he's not on the AEW roster. Uh, he cut this promo. They did not discuss him again. Uh, but PJ, what a scathing, incredible promo. If you are a fan of wrestling and you are not a fan of AEW, go to YouTube, find this promo and watch this promo because it is one of the greatest promos you will ever watch in pro wrestling. Now, granted the, uh, the old folks, the boomers, the, the traditionalists might feel like there's a little too much swearing for their liking. But this was a phenomenally cut promo. Um, it was you just. Know, I, 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 when you talk about that, it reminds me of like the. Um, it reminds me of the interview between Bill O'Reilly and Marilyn Manson when Bill O'Reilly is su suggesting that Marilyn Manson curses too much. And, you know, Marilyn Manson has a great point where he, and I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Marilyn Manson fan, by the way, um, but he, he great. He gives. Um, I almost said he gives a good promo, which is kind of true because he's kind of a character. But yeah. uh, he gives a good interview here where he says, you know, sometimes explicitives and cursing is necessary when making a point. And boy, howdy, did MJF had a, have a fucking point to make, and he made it. Um, so to to your point of some of the folks being a little upset about the amount of cursing that's in it. Sometimes when making a point, it's necessary to catch the attention of others with language like that. And, um, well, Ryan, it caught our attention. So it definitely did. As, as we've said, go out, go out and find this promo. Uh, it's a phenomenally, phenomenally performed, phenomenally uh, spoken. Um, and as PJ said, the point was made, uh, to, I, I don't know how many times we're going to say to that point, uh, 
somebody made a point to all of these points. PJ and I made a point and break it down that we felt like the wrong guy won the AEW World Championship match at Double or Nothing as CM Punk defeated Adam uh, Hangman Adam Page. On uh, AEW Dynamite, there was a six-man tag that saw CM Punk team with FTR. Uh, he would suffer an injury in this match. As a matter of fact, when they went off the air after the, uh, the MJF promo, CM Punk would hobble out of the back to have a conversation with MJF, work or shoot. MJF would leave through the crowd, but you could see CM Punk walking with a notable limp. Uh, later on that night in that arena, uh, CM Punk would, uh, would cut a promo for AEW Rampage that would air Friday night. Uh, CM Punk is injured, and he, his injury will require surgery. And CM Punk is being forced to vacate the AEW World Championship that he won less than a week ago in order to uh, have his surgery, recover, and in the meantime, they will, uh, they will, I guess, find their way to uh, crown an interim AEW world champion that will face CM Punk on his return to crown the undisputed AEW world champion. Uh, PJ, first of all, I want to mention that I love the idea that AEW is crowning interim champions when somebody gets hurt. If you recall, um, uh, Sammy Guevara had an injury that prevented him from uh, defending the TNT championship. Uh, Cody Rhodes would win the interim TNT championship until they would have their, uh, their ladder match on dynamite that, that Sammy Guevara would win the undisputed TNT championship. So when you have combat sports, if someone who is a champion is, uh, is, is injured and cannot defend his title, uh, he is forced to relinquish it, and there is an interim, interim champion crowned. And eventually, that you know, it's, it's sort of like what AEW is doing. You get the interim champion, the current champion. They fight. Whoever wins is the undisputed champion, and that person is is the champion going forward. I like the concept that AEW crowns interim champions. I don't like the concept that they pull the title off a of Hangman. Uh, clearly, it happens. Stuff happens. But CM Punk is injured, and so less than a week later, all of a sudden, now we're trying to figure out who the AEW World Champion is. It looks like they're setting it up to give it to Moxley. Um, if you looked at their press release, the AEW sent out. Uh, the biggest thing that I didn't understand watching or, or, or reading these press release is that there is no mention of Adam Page anywhere uh, to be vying for this world championship. I feel like he should be number one on the list, right? Like, PJ, how do you feel about the situation that AEW is facing right now for the AEW World Championship? Okay, so I hated the interim whatever champion until you just explained that that's why they do it. But, I mean, I get what it was. It was a temporary champion. I still hated it because it's like, why is it temporary? You, you, The belt's vacated. You, you win the belt. You're the champion. Um, but when you said that it happens in like real sports and shit, like I, I didn't know that. So that makes a little bit more sense to me, but what doesn't make sense to me is that, yeah, why isn't Adam page the next guy in line? I mean, 
that makes total sense to me. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they're setting him up for something else because from what a lot of the rumor and innuendo that I've been reading is that he's going to have a pretty big spot on the New Japan show Forbidden Door in Chicago. I don't know what that spot's going to be. I don't know much about it. All I know is it's going to be something from what I was reading. Um, so maybe that's why they didn't put him on there. But um, he should be. It, it does make it does not make sense. You are correct. Yeah, I was trying to find the press release that AEW released um, to uh, that that basically showed who was going to be uh, next in line um, for the 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 AEW championship. Um, they're basically going to have sort of like I wouldn't even call it a mini tournament, um, but but I know that John Moxley is in the mix. I know that. Um, that there's a, there are a couple of people being talked about, but within the last week, uh, AEW has lost CM Punk. It looks like Adam Page maybe maybe headed on a summer vacation, and Brian Danielson uh, suffered an injury that luckily should only take him out for two weeks. Um, and we're going to get into a big injury suffered by a WWE superstar in next week's episode where we talk about WWE Hell in a Cell. That took place June fifth uh, of twenty twenty two, but some some crazy stuff happening. So AEW, we have now lost their biggest heel in MJF uh, to be at a work or a shoot, um, and now we have lost the AEW World Champion. So big hits for AEW coming off of uh, arguably their uh, I guess their their biggest event leading into the super shoot super show. With New the Japan super, Pro the Wrestling. Super shoot. The Super Shoot. And as a matter of fact, they are going to have some New Japan guys uh, competing for that, that shot of the AEW World Championship. Uh, it'd be really cool to see somebody like Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, compete for the AEW World Championship. Um, PJ, uh, who would you like to see legitimately compete? Because more than likely, we're going to get a, an interim AEW champion crowned at this new Japan super show uh, in Chicago uh, later, if I'm not mistaken, later this month, who would you like to see competing from new Japan for the AEW world championship? Yeah. June 26. Uh, I'm very excited. I'd like to see. Um, like Hiroshi Tanahashi is a great choice, but um, well, I wish uh, he's not in, he's not with the company right now. He's doing uh, taking time off. But uh, if I had to pick anyone, I would definitely say Kota Ibushi. But if I have to pick someone that's on the roster and actually working right now, Tetsuya Naito. I think that would, that would that would be – I mean, him and Moxley would put on a fucking clinic because that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, yeah. whoever whoever wins from AEW – or excuse me, from New Japan is going to take on Moxley. That's, that's, that's the narrative right now. And um, I got to tell you, though, I'd, I'd rather see Brian Danielson there. But I, I mean, that's the thing. I understand the raking system. I, I don't know. People are confused by that. Um, it, it's it's based on win and losses, folks. Yeah, it's based, it's <laughs> it's not much to it's not much to get. If they win, they get above in the raking system. I, I, I don't understand what's difficult. Um, and they probably, especially coming from real sports fans like you should understand that if the Patriots are 16 and 0, and they're leading the division. They're going to be the number one seed for the AFC playoffs. Like, 
Well, hell, if, hot damn, hot damn, Bo Gator. Is that how that works? If you win more, you get higher <laughs> on the line. Shut what the, the hell? No, no. But seriously, I don't, I don't fucking watch sports at all, and I understand that. If yeah. you win more matches, you go higher on the rank. I, you know. Anyway, um, that doesn't confuse me at all. But I will say that I got super depressed when I saw Brian Danielson injured. But then I was like, dude, is he gonna fucking miss Forbidden Door? And then it was like, oh, only like a week or two. So hopefully yeah. he'll be in time just to get there for him, Forbidden Door. It looks like it's only a two-week recovery for Brian Danielson. Um, however, if you wanted my opinion, I wish they would have done a, let's call it an eight-man tournament for AEW and an eight-man tournament for New Japan. And the winner of New Japan's tournament and the winner of AEW's tournament would have competed at Forbidden Door for the AEW World Championship. Um, because I, as much as I would love to see a Kota Ibushi or a, uh, a Naito or even a Taroshi Tanahashi, imagine if we had gotten someone like Zack Sabre Jr. competing for the AEW World Championship um, against a guy like Brian Danielson a guy like I wouldn't even say Moxley, but like there's plenty. I mean, even, even God forbid there's rumors that Kenny Omega has been backstage that maybe he's not like physically able to come back yet. But what if you had gotten Zack Sabre jr. And Adam Cole for the AEW world title? Yeah. I just read an article today that, you know, it's rumor and innuendo, but that Adam Cole will not be competing until forbidden door. So yeah, you're right. So uh, it would have been some really fun stuff there. I'm not saying AEW missed the boat, but when you're thrown into a very peculiar situation, a mere week outside of one of your biggest pay-per-views of the, of, of the year, uh, a mere three weeks before your arguably your biggest pay-per-view ever with uh, partnering with a company like New Japan, um, you know, they get thrown a curveball and they're, they're, as a baseball analogy, they're just, they're not swinging for the fences. They're just swinging, swinging to get on base. Uh, so, yeah. um, so it's unfortunate, uh, but some, some interesting things uh, happening for AEW uh, PJ, uh, anything else that you'd like to mention? Any, any sort of news on your band? I know um, that you, I believe it was your, your guitarist just, just had surgery. Uh, recently uh, any any news about what you've got coming up for your band any sort of shout outs that you want to make uh going forward before we sign off for this week's show so to answer your question like yeah we're, we are taking a little bit of a hiatus um but uh we're still practicing you know doing all the cool shit we actually just did a um i don't know when it's coming out because uh, they're kind of behind but we just did a music video slash live performance thing um for the grilled cheese who is a great um a local promoter down here in Charleston that does cool things. And they asked us to be on their show and we did it and it was super fun, but um, yeah, man, uh, fun stuff's happening. We got great shows in July, right. When um, Dustin's able to come back and then, then we are off to the races, man, heading towards uh, August and a lot of shows in the fall. So we're getting there. It's fun. We got to get you booked at a, at a, at a bar up here. Um, in the upstate um, and, and shout out to your, uh, to, to, is it Dustin? Yeah, Dustin. Yeah. Shout out to Dustin, uh, speedy recovery. Um, I'll give a couple shout outs real quick. Uh, my sister is having hip surgery uh, in about a month's time. She's getting a hip replacement. 
I always make fun of her from being old. Uh, there's some other stuff behind the scenes that, that are that's going to make her even a little older, uh, but hip replacement uh, for a woman of, of her uh, maturity. Um, and I'm not talking about mental maturity is, is no laughing matter. So shout out Dustin for a speedy recovery. Uh, my sister just went through a pretty serious back. My other sister, uh, Shelly went through a pretty, pretty, uh, severe back injury or back surgery uh, a few months ago. My other sister, Stephanie going through, um, a hip replacement surgery here, uh, within the next, within the next month. So, uh, shout out to all of them. Uh, they probably, at least my sisters, I know don't listen to the show. Um, so, uh, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, good stuff here. Uh, glad to hear that his, uh, his recovery is not going to take that long and some really fun stuff coming for, uh, guardians warlock. Yeah. I just stopped by to see him today and like, yeah, he was, he was in good spirits and shit and yeah, he's good. Good stuff, man. Well, PJ, this has been a really fun show. Went a little long, but this pay-per-view went a little long. So blame Tony Khan, blame AEW for an extra long show this week. Like I said, next week, we are going to be discussing WWE's Hell in a Cell from 2022. Some of the fallout from that show as well. So some really fun stuff later this summer. We're going to be reviewing a classic SummerSlam requested by a listener uh, that main evented for the WWE Championship with Vader and Shawn Michaels. We're also got the ECW show that we've been promising for a little while. That show will be coming sooner rather than later as well. Uh, but that's about all the time we got this week. I hope you enjoyed our review of AEW Double or Double or Nothing 2022. Uh, we'll see you next week where we review WWE Hell in a Cell. For PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Ride for tap outs and touchdowns. I'll be around. The Sarcasm Remains podcast with Fuzzy B. Charleston's favorite podcast should be yours too. Go to www.thesarcasmremains.com for more info.